Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, everybody. Tina Brock, Producing Artistic Director here at the Idiopathic Radiculopathy Consortium in Philadelphia. I'm your host for Into the Absurd, a virtually existential dinner conversation. I do hope you'll join us the next 50 minutes. Sit back and relax as we explore the lives, the hearts, the minds, and the spirits of creators in Philadelphia region and around the world. And good afternoon, everybody. Happy Saturday to you from everyone here at the IRC. And that would be myself, Tina Barak, Bob Schmidt, and Erica Holscher, who are going to be flying this plane this afternoon. So glad that you've taken the time on this Mother's Day weekend to join us for a conversation with visual artist, set designer, Corali. And we'll get Anna to the table in just a couple of seconds. But for all of those uh, of you coming in on Facebook from both here in Philadelphia and around the country, thank you so much for taking time to be with us to meet the interesting voices in the performing arts and the creative arts of Philadelphia and around the world. And we've enjoyed being here with you since June and we'll continue to be here Saturdays at five. So thanks so much. And put your questions uh, in the chat if you have them or on Facebook Live for Anna and we will work them into the conversation as we move ahead in the show today. And if you're over on YouTube, uh, checking out past episodes, we encourage you to subscribe there and also check out our podcast Into the Absurd with Tina Brock on any of your podcast platforms. I first got to know Anna Corrali's work through her set design for the Pig Iron Theater Company here in Philadelphia, Chekhov Lizard Brain, um, and Pay Up, Isabella, a number of shows that she had designed for them. And she then began to work uh, with the IRC in Franz Kafka's The Castle. She designed Charles Nee's Paradise Park and also George Bernard Shaw's Miss Alliance. She does an extraordinary amount of work up in New York where she's located with Taylor Mack and the Talking Band and many other companies in New York. And I'm sitting in front of a set design that she did for a show back in 2018 that we'll talk about um, when she is here, which I think it would be just the best time to get Anna Corrali to the table to talk to her about her body of work. Welcome, welcome. Hello, Tina. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm very excited to jump into, it seems um, like we can start to think about life in a, in a, in a world, um, getting ready to be back out on the stage and the ways in which, as you and I were talking about before the show, the ways in which this virtual medium that we live in now might be informing the productions we're creating, what they might look like, and the ways in which visual artists and designers like yourself will be um, paving the way to what these new productions will look like. So I'm very excited to talk to you. I feel like I can talk to you and be excited about <laughs> the possibilities, whereas maybe nine months ago, it was hard to talk about, um, you know. So I, I wanted to start in, I selected this particular production photo um, of yours from a 2018 production called Time's Journey Through a Room that Dan Rothenberg directed. And Dan is, you know, runs, uh, is, the artistic director at Pig Iron Theater Company here in Philadelphia. This is a production you did up in New York, but I selected it both 
um, for its um, austerity and just visual, it's just visually arresting to me and also the subject matter of the show. Um, I think I want to make sure, and we will, Bob will put it in the chat for everybody to check out your website because it's just extraordinary, um, the catalog of, and so many images. But I, I liked this one specifically for its content of the show and it, it just felt, it felt very um, right. And I wondered if you could tell me in your design of this particular show, where you began in your thinking through how to bring this story to life. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about the story itself. Oh, yes. It's, uh, it's really, I mean, I don't have favorite production because I think each one is um, really unique and, uh, you know, I can explore so many new things. And that's, you know, what's really exciting about set design that uh, you are always given an opportunity to, to build something, to explore. It's almost like a laboratory, you know. Um, but this production was, I, I just felt that the flow of the production was so amazing. Though, of course, you know, working with Dan, as always, you know, when, when we um, worked uh, with the Pig Iron Theatre, it's a long process. Um, and of course, I don't even remember where it started or how it started. Uh, the story itself is um, is, uh, is a beautiful story by Toshiki Okada. Uh, it, I would say it's a ghost story, Japanese ghost story. Um, uh, it's basically about um, a couple uh, where the, um, the wife dies uh, suddenly and uh, as the husband explores a uh, way into a new relationship, uh, she actually, the, the, the wife lingers around as a ghost um, and just walks around the space and is there in his life. So that's something that uh, stayed there behind, I mean, after her um, with him. And now he has to see if he can basically bid farewell um, to the ghost, to the, um, um, you know, to the, um, to this lingering image. Basically. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was very much up my alley uh, it's very subtle, beautiful, a lot of um, suggestions instead of, uh, you know, just putting it um, sharp on black, uh, black and white. Uh, so, you know, I was experimenting with uh, a lot of, um, you know, juxtaposition of opacity and, um, and um, transparency or translucency. We used um, a, a projection screen that were never got any projections. It was just uh, basically for luminosity, for transparency, um, for lights, for different lights, you know, how light travels um, through a room. Um, and to me, it was, it, you know, um, in my drawings, I always um, examined how light travels through a space and it's very geometric and, you know, how I can capture it. And of course, you know, one of my favorite artists um, is James Terrell whose entire medium is basically based on just lights and just creating um, spaces or creating uh, experiences with uh, immersing viewers in different uh, qualities of lights, different colors of lights. And so we set out to create something that was um, very ghost-like, very fragile, um, but also a room you know, just a regular room. Uh, now, uh, you know, we examined it from 
um, all these perspectives, what it is, do we need, you know, three, well, not four, but three walls, do, what, what it is that we really need in this room? Um, and then what can suggest a room? Um, what is a door? And, you know, slowly, slowly, uh, we kind of, we went through many, many, many sketches, so many sketches. <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, there was this idea that, okay, this is the play, but maybe there is, there's something that happen, happens before this play because this is after um, an earthquake. Mm -hmm. And maybe something happens that introduces or um, maybe put, not even introduces, puts this, whole story in a perspective, in a different perspective. So it's not just this story. Uh, we suggest that something happened before, something extraordinary. So, uh, you know, it was a parallel thing to create something of, um, of an installation slash art piece. And again, we went through so many things, you know, uh, suspended, um, projection screens and insane ideas that obviously we couldn't make happen. But even then we thought maybe that's not necessary. And we settled on a really subtle, beautiful uh, light uh, installation mm -hmm. that preceded the whole show. And basically that was the first view that you got. Uh, it was a light and sound um, mm -hmm. show. But again, you know, working out the technical sides of it, like how it, um, how how come that it's there in the in the beginning, and how does it go away, and you know, how do we manage all these things? It's a lot of engineering and a lot of mm -hmm. uh, thinking, which I really love. Mm -hmm. So that's my that's my third, you know, engineering and coming up with uh, with ideas that are impossible, <laughs> in fact, but uh, but the end, it's possible. And of course, the theme. I mean, it was an amazing theme. So I'm curious about this combination of engineering and this, the beauty and the fragility of the space, how, because it, this, I look at this set design and it actually, I feel quite emotional and I'm not sure, obviously that speaks to whatever's happening inside of me, but I also wonder when you're working on the project, do you feel, um, you say you love the engineering part of it, do you get emotional about or do you come from an emotional place when you're when you are designing the space does that ever hit you in waves when you're working on it such a beautiful question <laughs> yes uh, and i think you know that's that's what most people think that engineering can't be emotional or geometric can be emotional but i think it's all about um you know how forms and how colors uh interact with each other how um different materials interact with each other. And if I put a screen in a very solid wall that gets all this beautiful um, light, um, and then again, I could go into the interaction of set and lights, you know, what is set without lights. Uh, but I think it becomes very emotional. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, when I'm looking at the, um, the yellow floor, mm -hmm. it was so controversial in the, um, in the process because nobody trusted that, you know, it, it just seemed to, too strong, uh, you know, for the fragility of the uh, the story. Mm -hmm. It seemed maybe for some people it seemed just very vulgar, you know, like how come you know it has a, a yellow floor? Like what does that mean? 
but to me, you know, when I found that yellow, it was basically joy, mm-hmm. the ultimate joy, you know, it's sunshine. Uh, it's how, you know, a kid would uh, draw light. It's just yellow, mm-hmm. you know. It's like a crayon. The the- sun, mm-hmm. right? But also it's something that floats the space. So it's not real anymore. It's on the border of real and surreal, I would say. So uh, what I really wanted to get is like this floating uh, joy. It's, mm-hmm. it's not about sadness, you know. It's not about losing someone. Uh, it, it happens after that you know when you you want to get over it and just kind of trying to open up to something new Mm -hmm. so um yeah no I was just gonna say I think I read in one of the reviews that was applauding or or more than applauding was really you know talking about how beautiful the set design was and I think did they mention the exteriorization externalization of the characters that the way they interpreted it their feelings. This is the what they can't express gets expressed, you know, around the room. And whether that was the intention or not, I I think you could have that as the audience as well. You know, I think it's uh, it's. I mean, I I have to confess, I read a lot of um, you know psychology books, mm-hmm. or, <laughs> you know, books about how the mind works. But it's not conscious how I work it into it. It's just you know I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, you know, when I go to an, um, an exhibition, I learn about how colors work. I learn how, you know, what emotions they, um, they give you when you're looking at those artworks, right? And I treat my set designs very much like artworks, you know? Um, they are not um, decorations. They are more like, uh, you know, very, um, very precisely, um, worked out, um, I, you know, we move from ideas, um, even a philosophy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that we, um, we find around the, uh, the play or the device play. And then I'm just thinking about it as a very meticulous, uh, you know, thought process and also um, just choosing materials and choosing the, uh, you know, the, uh, the particular um, colors, uh, shapes. It, it all has its place, you know, it's not uh, just, I wanted to put it there. There's a lot of gut feeling around uh, 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 uh-huh. it. it's not all engineering, but uh, but I think it's all very thought out. And, and of course, it's not only my work, I mean, it's really a, a teamwork. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it. How did you win the, um, how did you rally for the yellow and, did you in the, in the the controversial yellow was it just you knew it needed to be that and were able to explain your theory or was it a you're just going to have to trust me on this or a combination of all those things how when do you you know did you feel that strongly about it i guess is what i'm saying i think i felt very strongly about it but of mm-hmm. course you know when you are in a meeting with all new people and you know it can be intimidating and uh, you go back and forth because, you know, with Dan, we set so many hours just uh, like looking on top of the, uh, the model that I made, changing the floor. I had a, a gray one. I had a yellow one. And uh, we're just looking at the gray one. And it was, yeah, it's a room. <laughs> the yellow one. Okay, I can make the ghost float because she's the one who basically... Um, 
uh, floats around or moves around the space and the couple, the new couple, right? The husband mm-hmm. and the girlfriend are pretty much anchored uh, on the sofa or not moving as much as the ghost. So basically I was trying to see if I can really float the entire space. Mm-hmm. And yes, it took some convincing and also convincing myself because you know you lose your confidence uh, at some point. Uh, is, it, is, it really, is it really too strong? I mean, do I, do I really tell them that yes, that's what I need? And then what do I do when it's all painted? And you know, I just walk into the space and I see that all that yellow. Mm-hmm. But um, ultimately I think it was um, my technical director sitting next to me who said, no, it needs to be yellow. That's what makes the set. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was an amazing thing, you know, because I, you know, sometimes you fight with technical directors, sometimes, uh, you know, it's a beautiful flow, but that was just sh- such a beautiful support uh, because even Dan was kind of, uh, you know, like, yeah, do make it yellow. Like, it, is it too big of a, a gesture? Mm, mm-hmm. You know, that sure. really, I mean, now I feel looking at the set um, in the background that really that's what made it. That's what made the set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember when you designed, I, I did leave one show out of that you had designed for the IRC, Gogol's uh, The Marriage. And remember, we had, a, we had a white set for that and white walls and, and then the structures, the furniture was actually painted onto the wall. And I remember how when that floor finally got painted, it just, it changed the entire feel and the look of the space and the, um, and a very different example, but how it can, it just, transforms I I had never had a a, as much of an appreciation of why floor detail in set design is so very important because for the very reasons you're talking about right now Um, I wanted to um, ask you about your work as a we talked a little bit about how you're sort of exploring visual visual painting and visual design and how that is, how has that become an extension of your work in theater? Well, I think, uh, you know, just before uh, this interview, we were talking about how this past year um, has made many, many people, I think, wonder about, you know, extensions, extensions Mm -hmm. of themselves, extensions of their work, uh, because we were just shut down, right? Uh, either in mid-sentence <laughs> or, you know, right after a premiere, doesn't matter, you know. Um, basically, we lost pretty much everything that we were doing. So, um, yeah, something has moved online. And, you know, when we shut down, I was actually teaching a, a course at Columbia, um, teaching set design media. And I was telling you how well Suyu was for um, for this online or virtual platform, right? Because we were discovering actually new ways to um, uh, to produce, to to show work, to showcase work, um, and but still stay a group and still be uh, hands on. Uh, but um, but basically um, this. I mean, you know, for, to me, I'm not a producer, I'm not a, a director. So it was hard for me to see how, I didn't see any set designing 
the Zoom productions. So uh, any particular lighting, um, some attempts, yes, but you know, I mean, not much, right? So what do I do? Um, and then suddenly it just came out, you know, we were talking about colors, um, uh, about the, the yellow and about the importance of just one featured color or just how the colors interact. And suddenly I, I never painted, you know, I, I was always um, much more into drawings and black lines, ink, pen, um, lead pencil. And, uh, and you can do so much with it. You can suggest so many spaces and so many um, you know, geometric um, planes uh, without having to fill anything in. Um, and I like, I really like doing that. I've always been doing that as, as you know, as part of my set design, they inspired some set designs, you know, it was a back and forth. Um, but suddenly I felt, uh, you know, this urge to um, discover or to, um, to engage with colors. And so I started painting and I, I didn't even know what I was doing. First, uh, First, I was just really doing very small format paintings. Uh, I would say maybe nine by 12. Uh, and then suddenly, and I love that uh, series. Uh, it just came like almost every day I would create uh, you know, a, a painting. And I didn't even know what I was doing. You know, I, was, I, I knew that that came from my previous work. I could definitely see that. I knew that it was some of them were based on my set designs. I knew that some of them were, um, you know, fantasies in a way that um, I would want to really enter that space, or they felt like sculptures. You know, that I could I could really enter and just turn them around. Mm -hmm. um, but then, of course, it's my set. Oh, I'm sorry. It's no, go set, ahead. The designer nature that I wanted to go bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, so now I am at. Uh, what 60 by 40 and I feel I will grow out of those uh, so it's either going back to <laughs> set design very soon or really you know I, I just feel that yeah I'm missing the big things the big big gestures so um, that's something that I really want to I mean painting I think it, it now it will always stay with me and always be kind of um, you know um, there for mm -hmm. me to experiment with it but also you know there's one other thing that uh, that is very important about it that i think you know theater designers should be able to really cross borders more often you know as store architects or architects are invited to do um set designs right where we see many collaborations like that um i'm happy to see that more and more uh set designers are invited to do um installations. Miriam um, will be doing a beautiful installation for Lincoln Center uh, this summer and as Dublin of course and you know it's just beautiful to see that uh, you don't have to be confined uh, to a theater space. Um, theater itself or drama goes beyond you know and you could you could put it on other platforms. So you, it was this desire to initially to, to just interface with more color that kind of led you to the, to putting it down on the canvas, if I'm understanding you right. What, what did, what medium are you, what do you, what kind of, what are you using? I'm using acrylic. 
acrylic. Uh, yes. And are you in your apartment? In my apartment, we have to make do. <laughs> and yes. I mean, I carve out the space no matter what. Um, yes, we do crazy things, of course. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, and so you you started small, but then you 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 had this desire to, as you say, make a bigger gesture about it, and you just kept building the canvases. And how many works have you done then during this time? You know, I think uh, the uh, the small uh, format things, many, 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 so many, I can't even tell you. Um, but you know, the bigger ones, of course, it's limiting. Uh, I would love to show them actually. I would love to make them into an installation, um, mm -hmm. ultimately, or show it in a gallery setting. And of course, because I am a set designer, I already built uh, a virtual space, a virtual gallery for them, so that I could see how they look. Uh, but yes, I mean, it was an urge, probably, maybe not only the colors, that was, you know, that was one thing, but also just seeing, you know, my ideas about. Um, perspective, about geometry, uh, about how space works that is not realistic, you know, that, and also that's something that goes back to, uh, you know, this Zoom experience, that you don't necessarily need to have one perspective or one point of view, you can examine things from like many, many points of view, and that was exciting in the Zoom situation. Mm -hmm. um, but that's also exciting for me in painting that, uh, you know, I, I use many, many different perspectives and um, maybe it's an illusionist thing that, oh, you found a way, you know how to look at it. Uh, it's not quite optical illusion or um, deception. It's just like showing you that there are many ways to, to look at uh, forms. And ultimately, you know, when I, I don't even know what I'm doing yet, but um, when I look at my paintings, um, they remind me not only of spaces, um, of rooms or twisted, uh, you know, perspectives, but also kind of shell-like structures, you know, almost, um, almost like engineered. Mm -hmm structures though they are very uh, you know they are not organic in their forms they are very crystalline um mm -hmm. crystalline structures right but but they also look like engineered shells mm -hmm. do you see any uh, psychology in all of that in in the structures or in the way that you see the structures i'm sure think... others would <laughs> But yeah. it's so hard for me to like Rorschach. Sometimes, <laughs> right. sometimes it's uh, I I actually want to do that because you know I'm reading so many books uh, on that how perception works and how we can uh, you know tune in our minds to uh, uh, to perceive or change certain things. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I was trying to look at my pictures this way, but uh, I, I I think that. It can only be done by someone else. By an and sometimes I ask my kids, you know, and uh, I was so happy one day, you know, my uh, little one came to me and she was just looking at the um, paintings all in a row. Like I put them out on, along one of the walls because I was looking at them to see, you know, what's next or how they relate to each other. Um, and she told me, I'm beginning to see them. So 
I'm beginning to see them. You know, that was yeah. that was her. So that was good. I mean, I didn't ask like, what do you see in them? You know, my older one told me it's definitely spaces and they are very energetic and, um, and uh, you know, they are bursting with color and, and energy and that you also want to be in those spaces. But the little one just told me, yes, I started to see them. So that was good, you know? <laughs> yeah, to really, I guess, understand them in her own way. Exactly. It's different. Not, yeah, because, you know, kids, kids have very good eyes and minds and they, and they speak their minds. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if she started seeing them or she began to see them. Is there something specific about... Um, that you can point to as an experience in, in, in painting, in doing this work, that is a different space in your mind or your heart than, than what you feel when you're creating for theater? Or are they, would you say they're similarly, you know, s- similar experiences? Again, a very good question. You know, when I work in theater, it's so many um, inputs, right? I mean, I, we always work in a team. The OB start usually we start with the director, right? So it's a very intimate team. But then, you know, we expand, and then I get many, many feedbacks. And of course, you know, um, the set design um, evolves, right, uh, through those feedbacks and through those uh, reflections or dialogues, right? And here I'm left alone, basically. It's very meditative, but mm-hmm. also um, there are many, many voices in my head. They create my team, basically. <laughs> so, uh, Does your team talk back to you? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, they, they critique, they, uh, they talk to justify and... the yellow. and <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, it's a huge thing because, you know, sometimes I, uh, I come up with sketches and then, uh, but not very, um, I don't know all the details before I really start on the, on the big canvas. But, you know, I have a, a sketch, more or less, I know what I need to do or want to do. But, uh, but again, you know, when I, when I start painting and it's a bigger scale, you always revive. And then there is this heading in your, sometimes I actually, you know, talk to, to, to real people in my head and <laughs> not only made up uh, voices, um, but I feel that there is something um, that is very similar to theater that, you know, it's a very focused work. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, painting was just, you know, you just paint. But to me, you know, it became really um, not only meditative, but a very focused work that brought something back from uh, what was taken away, right? Mm-hmm from creating all these spaces, from trying to see, you know, what works, what planes work, what, um, um, you know, points of view um, works, uh, how to construct something, you know, because I really think about those um, uh, paintings as structures. So that is very similar to what I would be doing in in Mm -hmm. So Did you keep a practice that was, pretty structured did you you know go into the or begin painting at the same time every day did you set up a kind of was that the way you went about it yes I really tried you know I was really working from the morning on as long as I could um so yes it was it was almost like um 
it was it was work. It yeah, was work. your team was there. You were there with your team, Absolutely. and you were. I have to be there, you know, for the shops <laughs> to be able to build something. Right. Um, no, I, I, I mean, this show came out of a very similar, uh, you know, a, a need to make something. You know, um, I think anything that you are serious about, you know, it just needs your attention, and mm-hmm. you can just go there and just say, okay, I'll be back sometime soon. Yeah. You know, it's really, it's like watering the flowers. You can just leave them, right? Mm-hmm. Or right. Ending to, you know, to another person. Mm-hmm. Those are like creatures. I mean, the set designs are my creatures. And some are more casual, some are more uh, aggressive, or this or that. You know, depending on the play, or on the vibes, or uh, on what was uh, being asked. So, mm-hmm. yeah. When you get to the end of a show, I, I know this is always hard for me, so I can't even imagine how it is for you, but when a set has to be deconstructed, when it literally has to be taken apart and, and taken out, or even worse to see it, which which happens, you know, in is that hard for you? Oh yes, especially that it happens usually, you know, with smaller productions, it happens so fast, you know. I I can't even believe, you know, it's a you know we just put it on stage and then it has to mm-hmm. go so uh that's why you know we are talking about uh, online and you know different platforms and streaming and i think you know maybe going forward um because it's so ephemeral right i mean we create a piece of theater that can be used for about three weeks or months for two months that's it uh and then maybe salvaging something uh, mm-hmm. Not only just uh, you know shots or uh, stills that can be put as a background, right? But uh, you know something more. Um, now that you know all this Zoom and, and online platforms happen, maybe uh, I was thinking about it a lot. That uh, you know um, salvaging it or, or showing it uh, in a different medium, you know, online, uh, social media, um, in some. Uh, form, I think it will be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. And maybe even inevitable, you know, that uh, you will be doing a production and you'll be filming it, you'll be documenting it more uh, because now we know that anything can be interrupted at mm-hmm. any point, right? So uh, I think it will be built into our consciousness that, you know, we have to cherish, we have to treasure this because, uh, uh, you know, it's not. Gr- uh, granted nothing is granted right mm-hmm. so and also you know in the theater like how many people can see the show especially if it's you know it's in another town you know like in, it's in philadelphia i'm not in philadelphia it's in new york we're not in new york mm-hmm. well you know we can bridge that we can travel but if we can't um i really love to see you know what you're working on and uh and maybe it's a different phase, you know, of that uh, theater of the production that is produced parallel, um, you know, to what's going on on stage in that closed room and maybe give it, you know, a different platform. Just as, yes, as an introduction to a company, to a designer, to a style, to a way of, you know, being, I think this idea of capturing it um, in ways that I know we never, you know, with a small company with not a lot, large budget to get, you know, you've got one camera at the very back of the booth and you're capturing something. But as you, as we were talking about before the show, 
an iPhone 12, an iPhone, any phone can, can capture things. And if you have three good eyes and not to minimize what goes into it, but the possibilities arise to, to make sure that these things are captured. That is one of the hardest and saddest things about, about doing a show is, 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 you know, yes, you have the stills, but do you have any real record of that? So, um, and also um, just rethinking, rethinking if it's just one camera, you know, that's put at the back of the uh, the house, or is it a new way, you know, because we just saw that there's so many ways to, uh, you know, to cater to uh, to the online community, so to say, and you can reach so many people. So what do you do to really make it, uh, you know, lively and um, and worth, you know, looking at? Yeah. And, and remember, you know, I mean, that's how we initially met well through pig irons work, but also there's a shared interest in this, in, in, in the much of the work that we were doing, the work of Kafka, Kafka of UNESCO of, and we have a, a very ironically, very large audience of people who watch this show every week, but who also know about the IRC because of the work, because it's work they're familiar with, but also to be able you know, they'll may never find their way into Studio Three over at the Walnut Street Theater, but to be able to see something online that is, this is what a company in Philadelphia is doing, you know, is is extraordinarily exciting on 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 many different levels. So um, I want to get a question in here, Anna. Um, do you see ways to market and promote? Um, I love the online gallery and sketchbooks you've created. Is the question, do you see a way to market or promote that just as you would a physical gallery show? Well, I'm at the very beginning and you, you can see that, you know, I couldn't resist. I always create these 3D spaces. So uh, I, I couldn't see why I, you know, why I couldn't create a, a space for my, uh, my creations, my mm-hmm. um, paintings. So yes, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, again, I'm exploring it um, through social media, uh, definitely. Um, I mean, ultimately to me, the best would be to have a physical and virtual together because I don't think anything can replace, you know, the, the, the real physical experience mm-hmm. and just, you know, seeing those colors um, or, uh, you know, even texture. Um, in person, in a physical room. But uh, yes, I'm looking into ways to, uh, to really do that. And also, you know, while we are at that, uh, I have another project that I was working on um, through the pandemic, uh, and that's uh, outside dining structures in New York City. And again, that's something that I really want to, to market through um, internet, through the internet or different platforms. But also I'm thinking about um, a book, uh, a real object, a bespoke object. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that would definitely have an extension uh, to you know, the, uh, the internet and social media. Did you design any of these spaces, outdoor dining spaces in New York, or did you just become fascinated with them as they started to pop up in, in the city? Yeah, so many people asked, you know, uh, my friend asked, oh, are you involved in uh, designing those structures? But you know, at the beginning, if you uh, if you would see the images that I was taking, it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they started really popping up. Uh, you know, after um, you know the beginning of the winter, right? Mm-hmm. It was um, March, right? So um, 
after that they the you know in uh, through the summer it was okay nice nice weather but really you know they started popping up uh, right before uh, Christmas and they were heartbreaking especially in my neighborhood you know in this village and mostly you know some of them really looked like um, refugee camps literally so tents um, makeshift spaces really because you know the restaurants didn't have money to to do anything about it you know they were just uh, going to survive at any uh, cost. cost so um it's only now that i i see that you know posh beautiful uh well-designed things uh, are popping up i'm not involved though you know when i started um photographing them i was thinking i mean these are these are really stages mm-hmm. right so some of the uh, the better constructed ones um i'm just missing the show (laughs) (laughs) well if you build it hopefully it will come Uh, i mean i saw some uh some restaurants where literally you know and again you know the heaters through the winter some of them didn't have heaters some of them have heaters and i tried one where they were heaters but still you know they were not enough to to keep you warm um and but it was an amazing effort you know to keep people mm-hmm. together and to really try to to make them socialize even though, even though it was impossible you know and it was to me it was almost like a theater event yes i mean this brings people together there is nourishment right there's food uh there is shelter right mm-hmm. and but basically the diners are the actors mm-hmm. they're on stage there and uh, all the passers-by were looking at them. So in a, like a show, you, right? you became the actor that's complaining about there's no heat in the dress, a fairly complaining about there's no exactly. heat in the dressing room. I can't do, exactly. I can't work this way. Exactly. So, you know, um, it was amazing to see, you know, mm-hmm. how, um, also the differences uh, in, uh, um, in how different restaurants or different neighborhoods could make uh, do you know, some with tents, some with more mm-hmm. elaborate structures, some with glass houses, you know, those, those mm-hmm. were amazing. Um, and so I, I just started, sort of, I became fascinated sort of with this, um, uh, with this new visual layer um, that I've never seen here or anywhere else, you know, in mm-hmm. such numbers. I mean, literally, you know, half a block was taken mm-hmm. by these sheds. Um, and and slowly, you know, decor started uh, to appear, you know, like little lamps, practicals, mm-hmm. right? Uh, <laughs> Different textures and, and materials <laughs> I've noticed. It reminded me of the set you had designed for us for the George Bernard Shaw play, Miss Alliance, where you designed this, this extraordinary greenhouse and we had remember we had the plastic that we had to blow bob and i took the blow dryer and we had to like to get it to to shrink up and to create glass basically because glass would be too heavy i've seen so many interesting like window treatments and Mm um yeah all of that how do you and it's some of it's very i'm I'm sure quite expensive but very magical Mm -hmm. and and as you say i'm sure the journey as you were photographing it, you, you said heartbreaking, uh, you know, in, initially as you were seeing, but what a ex- extraordinary, you know, uh, just challenge and, and just 
challenge and just like, we're going to make this work. Yeah, a will to survive. Absolutely. And you know, you asked me about um, if it's sad or heartbreaking to see or sad state uh, being taken apart. Of course it is. <laughs> and now I'm just uh, thinking about how permanent these will be, you know? Yeah. Um, you New Yorkers grew um, really fond of things and uh, novelties and innovations. And I think, you know, I interviewed many, many people actually, you know, in, uh, just for this project. Um, and all of them, I think most of them said that they are really fascinated, uh, you know, by these uh, outside diners or outdoor diners, and they really want to see them become permanent. Um, yeah, I mean, I do. I do think I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to eat outside first first time, and and it really was. Um, you're right. You you. I didn't. I didn't think of it that way at the time, but you are entering. You're entering a set, and you are in this space where it it it. I I didn't notice it at the time, but now that I think about that, it, it did feel quite theatrical and. You know, when you go inside a restaurant, you realize that it's all theater anyway, but somehow yeah. having that on the outside as an extension and having it be in the midst of other life mm -hmm. that is, you know, motorbikes and scooters and electric scooters and all kinds of things, you know, happening, it really, really makes it a floating stage. Yes, that, that's why I became fascinated because suddenly it was all exposed. You know, everything was exposed, like how well the restaurant was doing, you know, what mm -hmm. they served, uh, who were the clientele, right? Um, what the core was. So really, it was a show put out there on the streets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, so I have hundreds and hundreds of uh, images. I also have this, uh, you know, the interview part. I also did some research and I really, uh, you know, I came up with a really fun um form for this book it's not just the book of course it's more like a theater model mm -hmm. <laughs> and you open it up of course uh, so I'm really hoping that uh, you know it will happen but till then I'm thinking what's the best um, way to put it out there uh, on the internet in a way that I can you know preserve the integrity of the entire you know material um, but also present it in a, in a fun new way so that's a challenge for me. I have the materials. Yeah. Um, oh, let me get back to, it would be interesting to hear of the interaction of the artists. This is a question from Tara. Uh, in, uh, interaction of the artists in a medium where one of the arts is prominent. Uh, I suggest looking at opera. It would be interesting to hear the interaction. Tara, if you can put in put in the chat, uh, lead me a little bit more on your question. It would be interesting to hear of the interaction of artists in a meeting where one of the arts is prominent. I suggest looking at opera because I want to answer your question, but I want to make sure I'm understanding it as well. Um, Anna, getting back to um, a question about you and your space, I'm curious about is your living space or this or spaces where you are most comfortable are they fairly um are you are they sparsely decorated yeah just like the set that's behind you y yes i actually got the sofa from <laughs> 
don't we always, right? Believe it or not. Yeah, I really like, uh, you know, it just, um, it just make, puts me at ease, you know, if there are mm-hmm. not many, many things around me, you know, I can control. But of course, with two kids, you know, it's, it can't happen. But, uh, but what I try and, you know, my kids actually appreciate it that, you know, we have some bright colors, some beautiful objects, but really just the necessary things. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have our art tools, you know, my husband also makes jewelry. So, um, you know, sometimes space is transforming to shops. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> we carve out little corners where we can work. Um, it's not only the laptop. And, uh, but yes, I really enjoy spaces that are Japanese minimalism, you know, and functionality, basically, you know, everything that's around me has to, um, has to have its uh, purpose, um, its place, (laughs) ideally. Sure. But I'm not obsessive, you know, if, if something happens, that's a beautiful thing. I look at it (laughs) and then put it away. But that must make it easy. Well, easy is not a good word, but it, um, more more efficient when you're trying to edit out, say, for a set design, to be able to ask that question, is this necessary and important, is such a great skill to have when, you know, to just get rid of, as you were saying before, you know, you tested on the set that I'm in front of some ideas with screens and things hanging and things coming in. And then you sort of step back and go, okay, like if you can ask the question, what purpose is that really, you know, I think I need to take that through my entire house right now. Not that, I mean, it's, I don't live in a cluttered house, but I certainly am looking at things and going, what purpose is that? <laughs> and I think I'll when you live in a small, what's that? I'll come and design it for you. <laughs> Cause when you're in a small space, right. It's just like, this thing is in my way and I'm not sure what it's doing right now. I think that ability to sort of ask that question about art or life or you name it. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I really, I just enjoy those spaces, but also it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy Baroque. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, sure. It's fully curated and beautiful, you know, just to look at the uh, abundance Mm-hmm. You know, that it's mm-hmm. fully curated. It's not, it has a purpose, you know, it just, uh, it's beautiful carved. There is craftsmanship, you know, I really enjoy that. The, uh, the manufacturers, the, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the textiles, right? Um, that's also something that I, I really want to look at. But this is not something that I would want to create necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so my world is, more like you know the Japanese um, time's journey through a room, but it really doesn't mean that I can't venture into uh, you know somewhere else, somewhere that is more you know crazy mm-hmm. or disorganized or messy. Um, it's just something where I find really full balance and uh, you know something that um, that actually works really well with the story, with the ghost mm-hmm. story, uh, that really just floats and easy and light. And airy. Do you find that your um, that the this idea of well, because I know certainly for working for the IRC with a very small budget in these tiny tiny spaces that we were in, you know, over at the Walnut Studio Five, which you know I really enjoy working out of, but they do present challenges for a designer in 
in the and not the least of which is financial but do do you sort of subscribe or have you found it to be true that like the more constraint you put on something you know the more tools you know other tools at your disposal you have to use just like in other words is constraint good for you as a designer sometimes good <laughs> sometimes <laughs> right <laughs> Sometimes yeah. not so much. Not, not if you want me to do big things with no money. Right? You know, I started out on really big stages, uh, you know, back in Hungary, of course, you know, national theaters and you know, big stages, the opera. Um, and, you know, those have their own limitations, uh, not in space and not in budget, but, uh, but other limitations, basically, what you can do with, um, you know, with the actors or what's allowed, what's not allowed, how, you know, shops work. It's more like an industry, right? So, um, so I would say there is no work without limitations or without, um, you know, challenges. And I really enjoy working in intimate spaces. Um, I think it's, it's like for, you know, for composers, writing a chamber music or writing a full orchestral piece, right? Both can be beautiful and you know again you know when we are getting rid of stuff just to really or uh, you know revealing things uh pulling the veils right to for this space to really reveal itself to us um i enjoy that and i enjoy on the all the constraint that that um um poses but uh you know also when for example creating pay up right that was a mega production you know with eight separate uh, rooms and then um, you know everything pre-recorded and everything painted white which is you know another constraint I mean I created for myself mm -hmm. <laughs> and for the actors um, but you know I, I enjoy both ends I would say and I learned a lot from working in small spaces and I I really came to like them. I was, um, I, I'm looking up at the clock and saying we don't have much time left, but I, I would, it's hard to have the conversation about small spaces and not talk about, uh, or at least give a nod to your design of Franz Kafka's The Castle, which was, you know, Kay's journey, David Stanger playing Kay, you know, his journey to the castle, which, you know, Kafka's just, just beautiful, yeah, beautiful and large and, and yet really, um, being able to just get down to the doors of his psyche and the, and the ways through those doors uh, that led him to, on his journey was, um, was such a, a, an accomplishment in such a small, such a small uh, space over that was over at the Adrian, which is, uh, so I, I think yeah, of that fondly. I think of that show fondly. Oh, and, yeah. um, and uh, I love collaborating on all those shows. You know, I venture into things that I wouldn't have ventured otherwise, right? And I really love the uh, just the perspective of you know doors opening and seeing something behind them, something that is very surreal, right? But also mm -hmm. at the same time. And we also explore a lot of colors, right? Because that's how we could create the small spaces or different space suddenly next to another space where we should have had a lot of space. But instead, right. created with colors, right? So remember. Yeah. In fact, you know what I'm going to do, Anna, just really quickly here. Everybody, bear with me. I'm going to. Uh, I'm just going to pop up that. Um, I want to pop up that that uh, that space real quick. I didn't use this photo behind me because it has characters in it, and I I wanted to focus on yours. But 
that yellow is up again, right? I mean, and you had a, a yeah, just a different. Um, so that was a way to basically create or suggest that those are different spaces, and they mm-hmm. on and on and on and on, and you know they basically just never stop. They like, lead to different okay. places, and the doors are always so intriguing, right? You put a door somewhere, oh, or yeah. a series yeah. of three doors, and you're back to the Price is Right or whichever <laughs> the 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 show where you select a boyfriend behind oh, door yeah. number three. <laughs> Any um, one of those things. I'm very um, grateful for all those productions because, you know, really, I mean, they always give you something new to explore. And yeah. Build. Yeah. Um, um, oh, Steve's saying, um, <laughs> this is so interesting. Anna's work is seen. Her website is wonderful. I do remember Paradise Park. And please have on more set designers. So <laughs> you're carrying oh. the flag for... Uh, I, I, I just, I suddenly feel, I said in the beginning of the show, but I really do feel like there was this longest period where I just couldn't even talk about theater. <laughs> you know? I know. And, you know I really missed the, uh, set designers and light, uh, lighting designers from all these Zoom productions. So yeah, I have the same thing. I mean, I miss my colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> Not only seeing theater, because I could see some productions. I it still went on, but that's yeah yeah well thank you for for sharing your many different projects with us today and I really look forward to seeing where the book goes and where what lies ahead in terms of the connections and and the new um, discoveries that can be made particularly for a small theater company I I'm very excited to um, to be inspired by some of our conversation today about the things that might be able to happen uh, in the future Thank you so much, Dina. Yeah, thank you for being thank here. You. And um, yes, best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. Same to you. Take care. Bye. And I hope uh, that we'll see you all next week when Michael Toner is going to be coming back to Into the Absurd. Michael, we had on earlier in the year, and he is the consummate Beckett actor. And he and I share this love of the playwright. And um, oh, gosh, I was going to have his book here uh, that we share a love of a book called The Beckett Actor. And we're going to be discussing his one man shows in Beckett that he's done and just what makes Samuel Beckett's work so extraordinarily um, challenging and rewarding to perform. So I hope you'll join us. That's next Saturday at 5 p.m. And in the week to come, happy Mother's Day to everyone who considers themselves a caregiver um, out there in the world. Uh, Have a great week and uh, be well. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.